back, ladies and gentlemen, to Behind the Restaurant. Thank you for joining me again. For anybody that has been able to listen, I appreciate you. For everyone who hasn't, how are you hearing this? Like, that that would be the astonishing part of all of this. Me saying that and you're actually hearing it because you weren't listening, so. Oh, on today's podcast, why don't we speak about the restaurant industry from a different perspective? Have I stopped giving you the stories? How about we just talk about... We sit here together, we have a lovely little discussion, and we just talk about it. Let's talk through some things. Let's sit here and hope and imagine what will be and what could be and what is and how all of that can mean something. You know, just be two simple people, me and you on the other side of this listening. How about it? Why not? Come on. It, it, it would be nice. So, what do we speak about? The industry as it is as a whole. It is something that deserves to be spoken about. Because it's not what it was. If you go back in the history of food and beverage. If you go back far enough, you think about diners. You think about people opening up their own places. You think about mom and pop shops. Those are the kind of things that flood your mind when you're talking and considering the concepts of food and beverage. Then you have places that came about and made food and beverage different. It made it more mainstream. It got it out there to the world. It put it out in the universe in a way that had never been done before. And those places are your McDonald's and your fast food concepts and your you know, the things that now are a whole different stratosphere. Because back then, even McDonald's could be considered mom and pop for when it started. When it started becoming nationwide, then that's when you go a little bit above that. So, when you think of food and beverage, it has, it, it, you get this mindset of, okay, sit down place where we ate. We, you know, talked to friends, we hung out, things like that, which still happen with concepts like McDonald's and Burger King and Taco Bell and all these In-N-Out Burger and, and, and anything else that's mainstream. So, the thought of food and beverage has changed and altered and and been almost manipulated in the way that you focus on it. Because it used to be a quality thing to have a restaurant, to work at a restaurant. It used to be considered like a starter. That's your start profession, or that's where you're going to get your start into branching out into the profession. That's how you're going to grow and make your mark. It's You worked at a mom and pop shop because you were good friends with the people who owned it, or you were good friends with one of their kids, or something along those lines. Or you worked at McDonald's because you were a high school kid going, getting ready for college. Or you were a college kid who needed to make some extra money. And those professions changed. Because back then, you didn't need, per se, to have any qualifications other than wanting a job. Now, if you look at the market. It isn't just fast food. Fast food is a segment of food and beverage. It is probably one of the largest segments of food and beverage, but it's just a section. It's a part. If you have a whole pie, 
fast food is a piece of the pie. Then you have, you know, you have fine dining. Fine dining is once again another piece of the pie. And in the last 15, 20 years, you have what's considered fast casual or quick service restaurants. And this is another piece of the pie. And then you have pop-up shops. Like, that's the new thing. That's the branch out. That's the stuff that you consider and you talk about. And, and like, they're there for a day and then they're gone. So you have all these things that are parts of the pie. Then within each pie, there's segments because it depends on the food. Nowadays, you get vegan options. You get gluten-free options. You get full meat options. You get all seafood options. You get dessert options. There's so many things within each segment. And then even further than that, you have concepts that only deliver. Concepts that you don't eat at the restaurant. Like fine dining has its opposite now. It's complete another opposite. You can't say that 30 years ago that fine dining's complete another opposite was a restaurant that didn't have people sitting in and eating. 30 years ago, every restaurant had in some way some place where you could sit and eat. Nowadays, they don't all have to. There are concepts whose only deliverable and face is online. They're on Seamless. Seamless Web is one of the biggest food distribution and delivery companies that there is. Uber Eats is nice. Everybody knows Uber Eats, but Seamless is a whole nother segment. And they do their their delivery and their concept and their ideas in such a bigger way that Uber is just getting into. That Grubhub is just... But Grubhub is owned by Seamless, so let's, let's not talk about it that way. But that they're, these concepts are just getting into. They're just becoming a part of. So Seamless, because of, con- of delivery services like Seamless, you had delivery segment of food and beverage grow into something that you can find now where there is no brick and mortar. There is no actual restaurant front-facing where customers can come in. The only way you can get food is to have it delivered. And you ask yourself, how is this possible? How does this work? Well, this is how it works. Because there's no brick and mortar, there's no overhead for the rent for each individual place. So the concept of the delivery only isn't about just having one restaurant and that restaurant being the only thing possible. No, the concept of this is that you have eight to 10 restaurants that have a lot of a lot of um, cross ingredients. So if you order lettuce, the lettuce can work in eight out of the 10 concepts that you have that are deliverable. You order meat, chicken can work in all 10. Beef can work in seven out of the 10. So what you have the ability to do is to take your one order from any food delivery company and take that order and divide it across all 10 concepts and build out your menus with all 10 concepts and then never have this 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 solo mentality and having only one place. And that is the new revelation because that's the opposite of fine dining because fine dining, the whole purpose is you come in, you sit down, you have the experience, the ambiance, the the full nature of what the, you know, 
restaurant is, of what food and beverage is. You have a server. You have a full kitchen in the back. You have, you know, all these grandiose ideas. You're there for an hour. You're you're getting a, a first course, a second course. You're having wine. Like, it's a big experience. You're spending anywhere from, if it's on the lower end, you're spending... 100 to 150 if it's on the higher end you're spending anywhere from four to eight hundred dollars and if it's on the really high end you're spending a thousand dollars minimum per every time you go now the delivery companies the delivery only the opposite the counter to fine dining which i like to put it as you're spending anywhere from 10 to 15 dollars and if you're really spending money maybe a max of 20 to 30 bucks that's it that's your max that's your ceiling and these deliveries are going wherever they need to go. Like, there is no limit on how far they will go. There is no limit on when they will go out. You have a crew of delivery guys, 80 strong, who are, you know, out there making these deliveries, going from place to place. They take out 10 deliveries at a time. 10 different concepts that they're delivering from, all coming out of the same kitchen base. All the prep is done in one area. This is a staff that I would put with some of the greater fine dining concepts. Because you have a full prep team who will get in at 6. Are prepping between 6 and 12. But they're not prepping the day. They're prepping the next day. They're prepping. If it's Monday, they're prepping Tuesday. Monday's prep was done Sunday. There's no prep done on Friday. Because you're closed Saturday, Sunday. So your work for the prep team is Sunday to, to Thursday. That's the work for the prep team. That's what you're doing. You're prepping those days. And then you're open Monday to Friday. If you want the prep fresh and you want the food appropriately and you don't want bad ideas or people to th think that you're not the freshest concept out there, you're never prepping two days in advance. You're prepping the day before. All your prep is done the day before. Your food deliveries come in three times a week. You're getting a delivery on Monday, you're getting a delivery on Wednesday, and you're getting a delivery on Friday. Friday's delivery is for Sunday, Monday's delivery is for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Wednesday's delivery is for um, Wednesday, Thursday. So that's, that's where your prep is coming in. If they can deliver on Sunday, you would prefer that, but not a lot of places do deliveries on the weekends as much as we would like, and they stop delivering on Sunday altogether. But if you can work it out, most concepts would love the delivery to be for Sunday, Monday, and then Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. That would be the gold standard. Actually, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or just Sunday, Wednesday. You would put it on two days, that way you're not, you know, everything's at least in the three three-day rotation and you're not having it too long you're not going to get a delivery every single day because that would be pointless you're going to do your prep you're going to do your your par levels you're going to understand what's selling what's not which concepts working harder which concept is making more you're gonna like there's a lot of thought because it's not just one place you're not in fine dining the lucky the likelihood of you having more than one idea is because the chef it's considering adding something on, but even then, it's still a small amount of menu. When you do the delivery-only concept, you have 10 menus. You have 10 concepts. You have 10 ideas. 
you have 10 dishes. Yeah, you're going to cross some dishes across each menu. That way it can become more streamlined. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. That's an awesome way of doing it because what you do is you limit the responsibility on your worker from having to think about the 10 different concepts. You also have to streamline the way the orders come in. Because this is why Seamless is such a good partner. Because Seamless has developed a system where the order comes into Seamless and prints out where it needs to print out. All you got to do is make sure it's going to the right place. Now, here's where the idea of this delivery system concept is good. And it's very good. While a lot of concept, a lot of restaurants that have only one will make a good, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a day. Really good, really high end places in fast casual and quick service make anywhere from fifteen to thirty. Well, twenty to thirty. Okay, make ten to twenty. Bad, it's five to ten. Really good places. You know, they'll make ten, twenty thousand dollars. You know, that'll be great. But they have in-house service and they have delivery. They have a combination of the two. For a delivery concept where your overhead is less, where you your your rent is for one place but you have multiple ideas working, you're not looking for the same kind of day as a quick service and fast casual, even though that's what you are. You're not looking for the idea of twenty to thirty thousand dollar days. If you make a twenty to thirty thousand dollar day on deliveries alone, then you have something that's ten times better than anybody else. In all honesty, if that's what you're making, if that's what you're doing, you are at a higher level than everybody else already. But if you can range five to ten, and you have ten concepts, and you have ten ideas, and you average out. 6,000 an idea? Dude, you're doing 60,000 in a day. You're already double what some of the higher up who have an upfront facing concept out there are making. You're, you're doubling that. This is why the idea of multiple platforms in one area being delivered and this whole delivery concept where all you're doing is deliveries and all your orders are coming in this way is such an interesting and compelling thing. Now, the killer to this has been Uber Eats because you can't use Uber because Uber isn't designed for your in-house delivery system. Uber is designed for the regular person being able to make deliveries. It's not designed for you to be paying a staff of delivery guys and then picking up your order and going. Grubhub you can use, Seamless you can use, but Uber's not to be used that way. And then you don't want somebody coming in from outside to pick up the food and they're only coming in to pick up one thing. It's kind of pointless for that form of integration. And I don't think Uber will ever switch to the other form. This is why Seamless works so well. And if Seamless gets out there as much as it can, why it will work so much better than anything else when it comes to these delivery concepts. Because as great as deliveries are, their hindrance is in the incontrollable nature of the people who are doing the deliveries. If you're the one that has to pay the people that are doing the deliveries, if you're the one that has to, you know, you're the one that's in control of their hours, their days, when, when not, then it becomes a little bit more of a 
it becomes less of a variable and more of a fixed thing. And that's better. That's 10 times better than anything else because once your idea is fixed it's and it's not a variable, you don't have to think about it as much as you start thinking about what's your next idea. Now, here's the other part of doing this transition into deliveries. This new thought of deliveries that has also been hit. COVID hit it. Because the reason that these places were able to make five or 6000 each was because you had people in offices. You had people who were ordering from an office. You had tons of offices open, tons of people ordering deliveries, tons of people on Seamless. And because of the way Seamless works, if everybody in the office orders, they'll pull it together and they'll send it together, which is an awesome thought out process by Seamless because it allows them to get into the the um, the segment of businesses, office buildings better than anybody else because, oh, all your people can order from here. All your people can order from here and they're all going to get it together. You don't have to worry about somebody eating lunch at 110 or, you know, no, you tell them, oh, if you order all here, it'll all get here at this time. See, that was thought out to work with these businesses that work from home. So how the idea of delivery only works now that there aren't as many people working from, you know, the actual office and more people are working from home now, that's where the nuance comes in of, oh, what do you do? How much have you lost? How hard have you been hit? How good of an idea going forward is this? How much better is it going to be for the brick and mortars versus your concept? How much are the office buildings going to come back? Because they could, they might not. It might be that they don't come back at all. And then the delivery only idea is out the window. Oh, how do you sit with that? How do you move forward with that? But... I don't think, even with so many people working from home, even with all of that, yeah, Uber has control of that segment. Grubhub has control of that segment. But the other part of it is there's still so many people that are going to go back to the office. There's still so many people that are going to go back to being in the cities. So the delivery idea of delivery only is, is not dead. It's just slow right now. It's not as high as it was. So now... Let's go back to it being brought back. What makes it so unique is, as I told you, you have 10 concepts in this one place. You have, you know, ideas for food crossing each other. That way you don't have to have 90 ideas. All you have to have is five. And then boom, you share the rest across the board. Um, your sides can share across the board. Your, you know, the way you make your food is very simple. It's very straightforward. Nothing is crazy. Nothing is like, oh, off the wall. No, everything is very step A, step B, step C, step D, step E. Deliver. Step A, step B, step C, step D, step E. Deliver. It's very like that. It's very streamlined. It's very to the point. It's the, the subway and blimpy idea. It's here's your bread choice. Tell me the meat you want. Do you want it toasted or not? What vegetables do you want? What sauce would you like? Okay, here you go. You pay this. That's basically what it is. So the cool thing about this is you have 10, right? You have one place. It's making $10,000 a day. Your next three places are, are making an average of seven. 
beautiful. On four places alone, you have 31,000 coming in. Then you have six other places. And in these six places, you have one that's making maybe 1,000. You have another one that's making maybe 2,000. And the other, what is it, two, four, the other four are averaging about four and a half, 4,000. All right, so these four at four. So you have 4,000 across four, that's 16. You already have 31 up here. So that's 31 plus 16. That is a total of 47,000 on eight concepts. Was it eight? Two, four, six, four in the middle. Yep. So you have eight concepts making 47. You have the other two concepts adding in about three grand. And it brings you out to 50. The total is great. But you have two concepts that aren't working. Here's the beauty of what you're doing. Because you don't have an upfront place. Because you don't have to put through a whole new business idea. Because you're just throwing out a random name and all the money comes back to your one overall conceptual idea. And it's all under the same name and it's all under, you know, an umbrella. And these are just little names of restaurants that you're part of. A, you're not playing, you're not paying for a whole nother business here. If you don't want to use those two anymore, bye-bye. They're gone. And they're not a big portion of what you're making. You have four average here, and you have 31 up here. So, you know, you had 47. This three is nice. But if it doesn't work, you can say, bye, let's try something new. And then all of a sudden, you're trying two new ones, and they're averaging the four that the other ones were averaging. And now, instead of three, you have 8,000 coming in from those two. That's 5,000 more. That just took this from 50 to 55. 55 is a good deal better than 50. A lot. You know, it. it's that mindset of food and beverage now. You have to shift. I've said it a couple times in my thought process of talking about the future of the restaurant industry. The shift of the restaurant industry is in the fact that we are no longer just... We're, we're no longer the same thing we were. You aren't just people coming in and ordering and leaving. You aren't just a lunch crowd anymore. You can't just be, you know, oh, my concept is this and I do in-house service. No. You want to survive, you got to do deliveries. It's simple as that. You want to survive, you have to do deliveries. There will always be a segment for fine dining. There will always be a place for it because they make their money in big portions at one time. All those Friday, Saturday nights, that's where the majority of their money comes in. I used to work in an industry where that's what it was. We made little money Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. If we had a couple parties on those days, then that covered a little bit more. But Friday night, Saturday night was... Actually, Friday night, Saturday all day was it. That's where we made our cash. You go from averaging, you go from about 30,000 Monday through Thursday to being at over 120, 130,000 by the end of day Sunday. Oh, by the end of the day, Saturday, and then Sunday would be another, you know, 10, 15,000. So, 
this is the thing. Fine dining works like that. You're going to have days that are better than others. And you're going to have a lot of slow days where you don't make too much. And it's fine. That's why a lot of these places don't open till 4 p.m. Or, you know, they don't worry about a lunch. Or they don't, you know, there's so many of these things. But for the regular restaurant, for the ones that used to be considered mom and pops, for the ones that are now one hit, you have to consider the difference in the way the industry is going. A lot of people working from home, you got to make deliveries. If you're a delivery-only company, you got to figure out if everybody's coming back. Or, and not if everybody's coming back, who's coming back? Because now you don't even know that. You don't know who might not be coming back and who might. What's your percentage now? Before, you used to get 5% of a million people order from you a week. Now, there could only be 100,000 people working, and you're going to get 5% of that still? That's a completely different number than it was when it was a million. So... Everybody has to look. If you're in the food industry, you have to look on the way to transition. If you're somebody that works in the food industry, you have to look at the way you transition too. This isn't the industry anymore where you get to just use me and abuse me. You've been called something. You've been put in this. I said this last time. The worker now in food and beverage isn't just a worker. There's somebody who sees a career from this. A restaurant manager career is a very high quality and highly lucrative career. What people used to make in accounting at 60000 as a start, a restaurant manager can make that and then with bonuses, make more. Like There's so many things where the mentality has to stop being that the only reason you do this is because you're waiting for the next job. No, this is the job. This is the industry. This is to, the thing to look and to progress and to go forward with. And it has to stop being thought of, oh, and no, people don't work in this for the rest of the... Yeah, people do. There are 30, 40, 50-year-olds who are in this industry and they're making a living from it. Just like there are 30, 40, 50-year-olds are in almost any other industry and making a living from it. Like, why is it that it's been so ingrained in everybody to be okay to look down on food and beverage in the way that they have? It's, it's especially more in the last 20 years versus when it first started. As I said, when it was mom and pop, yeah, it was considered something else. And if you worked in it, okay, you worked in it. That was a job. You made money. You had a job. You did that. In the last 20, 30 years... It's been considered, oh, you have that job? Oh, you work there? Food and beverage? Who works food and beverage? Oh, you work for that concept? It's become something like that because of the fast fast food industry. People who work in that are considered lesser and lower. And they get treated as such by customers, by managers, by all of that. That needs to stop. That needs to stop being a norm, being a thing to do. That needs to end. Because that's not true. There are so many different segments to this industry that to think that the only one you can look at was the one where you can look down at somebody is messed up. Hey, I love food and beverage. I may not do front of house anymore. I may not be a manager anymore. I may be doing the books. But eventually, 
I want that part of it. So I'm going to open up a place where my consulting for them is how can we make sure you're making money? What is the best way forward? I'm going to be financially consulting restaurants. I'm going to be looking at their books. I'm going to be helping them grow. Because to me, the concept and the idea of food and beverage and what it means is something as good as almost any other industry. Like, yeah, great. You're a Fortune 500. You work for a bank, a multinational bank. I bet you I could have somebody working here who would make just as much money than you. Just as much money as you. May not be the same as a tech guy or anything like that. But I can get these people up to that place because I can help them grow their business. I can help them look better at their business. I can help them just be better overall. And in that, that begins to grow the industry in a different direction completely. And that is something that molds you out of that same thing that we've all been in for so long. And that's what we have to do. We have to get out of that. This industry is going to come back. Food and beverage doesn't die. That's not the way it ever has been done. And when it does come back, it's going to come back stronger. It's going to come back different. And it's going to come back with a new mentality of what the future could be. Delivery is the future, but it's also the now. So what about the now needs to change to become the next chapter. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you understand where I'm coming from in this. And I hope anybody that's listening to me speak about this understands the passion and the love that I have for this industry. So I will see you all in the next time. Peace.